0: Everything that has made America, America is at stake. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States.
1: And Biden makes 20. We ask what matters from statues to the NFL draft. Just how relevant are these things? This week on Three season in a Pod.
2: Three season in a Pod, a weekly podcast from Provision Advisors. A look at the good, the bad, and the what could be better in the world of communication.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Bashan Mann, and with me on the show are Chris Cervello and John Schofield. And We thank you for joining us this week. For more of the Provision Conversation, follow us on Twitter and give us your thoughts at ProV Advisors. That's P-R-O-V Advisors. Or you can check us out on the web, www.provisionadvisors.net. As always, we look forward to hearing from you. We're back and it's time for Rearview. Gentlemen, let's take a look back on the week we just endured. Uh, Chris, you're first up. Why don't you jump in on the latest presidential candidate, Joe Biden. Take it away.
0: So as we talked about last week um, in our On the Horizon segment, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden uh, officially got into the race uh, today. uh, Today, Thursday, that we're uh, we're taping the podcast. Um, Just some quick thoughts. Um, I I like the video. Uh, I thought the video was well done. Right. I Thought he was, uh, you know, clearly on message. Uh, his hair looked amazing. His hair looked amazing. Uh, we were saying probably had some work done around the eyes. Uh, that you know, I mean, he's looking. Uh, he's not looking seventy-six, right? Is that that's what he is? Seventy-six. I mean, uh, somebody, what does is, what is, what is seventy-six look like? Right. Somebody said seventy-six is the new fifty-six. So I I don't know. He did not look like an old man. He did not come across like an old man. Um what was interesting to me was that you could tell he's not interested in uh at least out of the gate, he's not interested in the democratic issues that the other nineteen candidates uh are, mm-hmm. are batting around. Right. Um he is interested in getting after President Trump. Yeah, I think he's ready for the general election. Uh the question is is will the the Democratic voters uh will they be ready? Um, As he as he moves forward. And then I'll just finish it with two other thoughts. For me, the Democratic primary started today. Um, I I don't know what it is. I I, I like a lot of the other candidates. I like the way they have performed. But I felt like the heavyweight showed up. You know the professional showed up, and and so now it's time to like really focus on this thing. I I didn't have that feeling before. I'd be interested to hear what your take is. And uh, I, I was happy to see that in addition to his rollout video, um, there were videos across social media um, trying to build that small donor base that a lot of pundits said he didn't have and wouldn't be able to pull together. Um, so it, it was a good day for Joe Biden. Uh, we'll see where it goes.
1: John?
3: I completely agree, my man. And in fact, uh, you know, I'll start off by saying I showed it to Chris today on my phone. I think uh, I think Uncle Joe has by far the most impressive emblematics for his uh, campaign. The Joe 2020 emblem on his Twitter page and, and everywhere else is, is really sharp. I like it a lot. But I agree. I think that his arrival onto the scene... Uh, means that it's go time. Um, he'll have to answer some tough questions. I think he'll have to answer as to why he didn't run four years ago. And I know that it probably involves Bo and it probably involves, yeah, you know, having served eight years as VP and needing a little bit of a respite. but he's got some he's got some work to do, uh, particularly if he wants to unseat somebody who, despite their approval rating, will probably be hard to unseat. So let's see what he does. What I really hope, as a registered left-leaning Democrat here, that I, I, I hope that his arrival onto the scene means that they will get together as a group and try to take this group of 20 down to a more efficient group and have them work as a team. Because if, if they're going to do this right, they've got to operate with the mentality of, what is going to be best to get President Trump out of office? And I don't think the right way to do that is to bring 20 people to a debate each time and to bring 20 people past the first three uh, states of Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. So we'll see what happens, but I'm glad that Joe's there. You're right. Definitely a lot of Botox injections around the eyes. But, hey, let's, let's get to work. 18 months.
1: Yeah, that, you know, you you're making that suggestion that that hopefully the dnc will come together with a, a a bit more of a directed plan at how to approach this and uh i i don't know that might be some wishful thinking right there i mean tw- you know 20 is a that's a big number um and uh, you know you your john everything you just said I, I agree with uh but i i just don't know um that, that's a there's a lot of different personalities included in that 20 and i don't know I think what you mean to
3: say is egos. And so it, it, how do you tell someone with Cory Booker's ego or how do you tell someone with Amy Klobuchar's ego that, hey, you know what, the, this field's too big, why don't you step aside? You know, they're, they're all type A, alpha um, leaders and people who think very highly of themselves. So, um, you know, to, to, to come together and say, hey, you didn't make the cut, no one in there. You tell me, Beto O'Rourke is going to listen to someone say, "Hey, bro, like, there's no room for you on this." No, there isn't. And and so that's where the the system is dysfunctional.
1: Right. Well, we uh we're in for the long haul, and uh, with with Biden uh, jumping in the race, um, and I believe there was another individual that jumped in the race uh, today as well. I could, can't think of the name offhand, but yeah, twenty twenty-one. The, the, who knows where the number is going to end up. Uh, Gentlemen, moving on, uh, this week, President Ulysses S. Grant, West Point, 1843, was memorialized with a new statue marking the 150th anniversary of the 18th president's inauguration. Uh, This caused us to think and talk about the broader impact of statues uh, in remembering history and communicating values. Gentlemen, I put it to you, uh, John, are they still worthwhile?
3: I think you run a very big risk um when you start with statue talk so i just i'm a history nerd and i just finished up ulysses (laughs) s grant biography it was fascinating uh to learn a little bit more about who uh ulysses s grant was as a person as a west point grad as a general as a president and Ironically, a majority of the book highlighted his time at West Point and during the Civil War and less as the president. And I think that's why his statue is, is going to West Point, you know, because they're memorializing who he was as a West Point graduate, as a military officer, as an army man. Um, Building and putting, or building, sculpting and putting up statues now is, is a, is a pretty big risk here as the flyers have taken down the statue of the woman who, uh, saying God bless America because of now racist things in her past. And it's right, take down the statue, but it seems like a lot of money and a lot of effort, uh, to put something up that I don't necessarily think people care about anymore. And, um, I think Ulysses S. Grant was a great president, a great man. I read the bio. I think it's great. But I think it's also a, it's quizzical as to how you memorialize or how you recognize somebody. Why a statue? Um, I'm interested in your take.
0: For me, I, I I mean, I guess I, as we were talking about this throughout the week, um, you know, beyond even Ulysses S. Grant at West Point, um, the permanence of putting up a statue as compared to really any other way of remembering honoring memorializing you you know pick your uh pick your favorite word the permanence of the statue and then kind of the polarizing uh nature that how that statue is interpreted um either right away or years into the uh into the future really kind of makes the juice really not worth the squeeze to, to me um, and, you know, there may be folks that would listen and say, hey, why are these guys talking about, about statues? But I mean, it, it's as Bashan mentioned in the, uh, in the introduction, I mean, there's been a lot of time spent looking at statues that went up in, in reconstruction, in uh, years after reconstruction, and interpreting how how those statues stand up to today's modern morals um i i I guess for me i mean i don't i don't find statues by themselves to be offensive i mean you you know you you look at the body of the work of the individual that the statue is erected for but as a communication um tool or as an honoring tool I, i just I just don't know that it's uh, it's worth it, and uh, I, I think there are lots of other ways that you can communicate your your admiration and respect for folks. I, I'm not sure I would even go down the statue route. to say nothing of the fact that you really got to scrub that person's resume to make sure that in in ten years uh, you know you're not going to find something that is uh, is gonna cause more harm and angst than uh, than what you're hoping for.
3: I went through this when I was at the Naval Academy, when we named uh, the administration building where my office was and where the superintendent's office was, when we renamed it Larson Hall for Admiral Chuck Larson. Um, I was there when Ross Perot demanded that we put up a statue for Admiral Stockdale, um, you know, who was a very close friend of Ross Perot and was his running mate during his ill-fated run for office. I, 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 I understand what the motivation is for statues and memorializing. But as a communicator, if I, if I was approached with, Hey, we want to put up a statue of Chuck Larson, Chuck Larson was a fantastic man. Um, I, I think I would have been very hesitant.
1: Gentlemen, there, there are across this land of ours uh, across the globe, really, There are statues, there are plaques, there are memorials, um, mislabeled history books uh, that point to some pretty awful periods uh, in our in uh, our time. And I I have no I have no need for uh, since we're talking about statues, I'll use that. I I have no need for reminders or or. Uh, dedications, um, reverence uh, to to these individuals who, who who acted in ways that were horrific uh, to um, Indigenous people, Black people, or, or or anyone else who was who was who fell victim to crimes against humanity. Um, so when when a statue falls or gets taken down because it's something that represents someone from the Jim Crow era or slavery or some other awful time in history Um, I grab a glass of water and I go out go on with the rest of my day I, I hope that's clear on where I stand I don't need any further representation in 2019
0: But Bash, there seems, I mean, I I take your point 100% um, and and knowing you for as long as I have, I mean, uh, your words resonate uh, with me. Um, But I I, I guess for me, and maybe we're not doing a good enough job of articulating, there is just something different about that tool of remembrance that, uh, and maybe it's because there it was the tool of choice in rewriting and revising history um you you know uh, uh, the history of an ugly um part of our our country Mm -hmm. that um that that's why it stands out but there's something about that remembrance tool that is different um and uh, i i think that you know the the erecting of this monument to to us grant at west point it just kind of caused us to, to think about it. And, you know, just kind of ask like who, who would want to one spend the money, put the effort knowing that in 10 to 20 years, that tool, that remembering tool is going to be reinterpreted. Uh, and, And maybe if your opinion is, Hey, fine. It, let it be reinterpreted, and you know, let somebody tear it down. No problems with it, but there's just something about a statue that uh, that seems very passe and 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 has kind of passed its prime in terms of a of a tool of recognition.
1: I like the Statue of Liberty for the
0: record. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what it means.
3: Like I know that the French gave it to us, but what does it mean? It was a I know, gift, a gift okay. from the French. I, I'm sure it was a gift. I, I I know it was a gift, but I don't know anything beyond the fact that. I, it, it's a symbol of when you're pulling into New York. I understand, but it. it I don't know. It, I think they're dumb.
1: Where would seventh graders go on field trips? If, if...
0: <laughs>
1: to a
3: museum. Right. Like, no, you don't have to go to the Statue of Liberty.
1: No, I did.
0: Right. <laughs> you have nothing to do in between leaving port and ending up with Nathan's for hot <laughs> <laughs> <can be>
1: <laughs> Gentlemen, all right. Let's keep it moving. Um, our last topic for Rearview Mirror uh, involves something that's happening right during uh, uh, this taping, actually. Um, we're, we're taping right now. Uh, it's Thursday evening. Uh, but one of the biggest nights uh, for the NFL uh, is happening right now, or at least they, they want you to think it is. Um, it's night one of the, of the NFL draft. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I want to just go around the table real quick. What are your thoughts from an entertainment uh, in branding standpoint john let's go with you since you were the one to uh to bring this up last week uh in the in the uh, uh look ahead uh, portion uh what have you got uh what have you got on it
3: so it's kicking off right now they're showing kyler murray in his fantastically swag pink suit um i and and again i, I was saying it off air i don't know why everyone wears like suits with these extra short pants uh call me an old man um, the style bro drew Locke looks like a clown and i really hope that no one drafts him because he looks like a total clown in his extra short uh pants but the dra- the draft is interesting i'm just watching literally in real time i'm watching the lead up to it and they're showing draft picks on horses and they're yeah, it, it's this ultra big production, and it looks like the entire city of Nashville turned up today. Um, I think it's neat, um, and it's it, it's it's like a real live uh, kinetic LinkedIn. You know, here, here these guys are auditioning and looking for their next jobs, and they are in the business of making teams. In this billion-dollar enterprise, making them more money, winning them the Lombardi Trophy, um, and I find it very interesting. I, I I don't know what the ratings will be. I think they'll be pretty big. There isn't a whole lot else on TV tonight. There's like I think one Stanley Cup game, one uh, NBA playoff game. The Nuggets are playing tonight against the Spurs, but. I think that they're well placed to make a lot of money ratings wise and this is how the NFL continues the drumbeat for 12 months.
1: Can we talk about fans? Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Can we just talk about that a little bit in real time? I was you you mentioned the horses and then I saw I, I believe I just saw somebody walking through two co- two two trucks, two pickup yeah. trucks and,
3: and then they were smashing a guitar. I mean, come <laughs> on. Like how much work went into that like the, the lead up to this, like they, did they hire like Gus Van Zandt, you know, another major Hollywood directors in order to film this thing pregame? That's it's it's ridiculous. Get up there and pick your, like Arizona, you're on the clock, pick your player. I don't need any of the bullshit.
0: Chris, I think people paid to paid to see the bullshit. Uh, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I'm kind of more where, where you are, John. I mean, I, I kind of just like the idea of the, the pick and let, let's move on. But but let me let me back up. Um, so I agree. I mean, th- this is a great move by the NFL. Um, it fills uh, a hole uh, in their entertainment schedule. You know, the Super Bowl finishes up in the beginning of February. Really, the hype goes on. I would say for a couple weeks afterwards, and then it's quiet um, until you get to the free agency, uh, sweepstakes that tends to begin at the beginning of the year, uh, the beginning of the calendar year for the NFL, which is in March. Um, and then their, uh, early training camps don't begin until, uh, the June timeframe and then really get underway, uh, during the summer. So this is a great spot on the calendar to fill for the NFL, to build some hype and some interest in the season um, that that really kind of kicks off for them once players go to, to training camp. Uh, So I like it. I think it's exciting for the fan base uh, for a lot of the reasons that I just said. Um, It's really great for the city. Um, Each city tends to want to outdo the other. Uh, If you remember two years ago they were in, jerry's world down in dallas and it was a big production i think they you know sort of had the the trump-like uh embellishment of the number of people that were actually um you know in the stadium for the draft last year in philly uh it had a very philly feel um i don't have a tv in front of me but from what you guys are saying it it sounds like nashville has has done the same um before i turn it over i i do want to you know you mentioned the suits and how how folks come out and the, the bling and how they kind of celebrate this moment. I, I would say if uh, somebody's agent called me and asked, uh, what my advice would be, uh, my advice would be a very classic, uh, black or brown suit. Um, maybe a little color in the tie, may, maybe, uh, a nice pair of shoes. I, I, I really, really think you want to look like a professional. Um, I think wait until
3: you see what Devin Bush from Michigan is wearing. I know. (laughs) I
0: I know. Um, I think for every bit of bling and flair and, you know, just kind of outlandish dress that these young kids bring to that event, I think their profitability takes a hit. Um, I think they're taken, they're not taken as serious as they could be by their new employer to be. Um, and so uh, I, I think their brand takes a hit right out of the gate.
1: Their profitability with the team or their profitability so, with a shoe uh, contract? That I, mean, it's a, it's yeah. a, I
0: think I think both bash. That, that's me. I mean, but I, I get that there's two sides of this coin. You know, what one side is uh, with, with the team. Uh, what looks good to a 21, 22 year old, I I think I would give it a little bit more thought than, than they do. Um, I, that, that's just me. Yeah, no, I mean, but I, I do, do think
3: that right. teams have made their decision before they see them walk no, up and whatever. I'm superpower. not saying
0: it affects. I think what they're doing.
3: Yeah, I'm not saying they, it affects their the decision.
0: I'm just saying I think it affects their their personal and professional reputation and how how serious people take them. I don't remember Russell Wilson going crazy with the way he looked. I mean, he he came out very uh, businesslike, and you, you know his career has kind of followed uh, that that path.
3: It's why I bring up LinkedIn. Um, it, it's because I, 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 truly do believe it's say it, it, we, I think we sound like old white men right now in that, you wait, know, wait, 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 Hey, wait, wait a well, I mean, you're, <laughs> it, I sound like an old white man, um, that, that yeah. Hey, as long as you look conservative and look professional and look like you've got your shit together. Um, that that that's what I would advise someone on draft night, whereas I think that a lot of these kids, many of them still in their teens, um, although that's more of an NBA dynamic than it is an NFL dynamic. These guys are in their early 20s. They they are thinking about rep that that we don't necessarily account for, and we're in a different industry, but I think we can communicate for any industry. Uh, I think... Some outfits are, I I wouldn't necessarily want a client of mine to feel constrained by by what I'm advising them, Uh, but I would also feel very comfortable saying, hey, what are you wearing on draft night? And if they showed me something that looked completely dumb... I'd be like, hey, bro, I, I might just be a forty-six-year-old white guy but I think that looks completely dumb.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it's a matter of white or black. I'll go back to you, and I want to throw this to you. Sure. One of my favorite sayings that you uh, that that you share is "act as if." Right, and so yeah. I, I just don't think that a you know the circus-like attire is acting as if if you're a professional athlete. That, that's just my take.
1: This I'm looking at this thing as as we're as we're talking, and it's like they're wrapped up in the whole production of it. It's almost as if someone's telling them, hey, this is a show. This is a moment for you. You're, you're about to enter into a business where nobody's really going to see your face. So you've got you've to stand out. I wouldn't be surprised if someone's actually pushing, almost pushing that on them. Right. I mean, but at the end of the day, look, you're the one that has to walk out there on that stage. Um, I, I would hope that if that were me at 21, 22 years old, I had, you know, whether it's a, um, you know, who, who that figure is. Uh, mother, father, guardian, whomever, someone in my ear saying, "Hey, look, keep it. You know, this, let's let's get in this uh, for the long haul um, and 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 act act dress uh, uh, as as you said as if so, um, but but uh, as if know, like they're all this other so... production that's going on right here, man. Uh, it's it, it almost looks like it's a part of the the the, the whole kit and caboodle."
3: Yeah, but and again, if I'm 21 and I'm going to act as if I'm about to become a millionaire and every single one of those kids in there is about to become a millionaire, holy God, Marcus Mariota is wearing the coolest shoes I've ever seen. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it then it, how would I expect a 21-year-old to act who just worked his ass off through high school and college and now he's about to be a multimillionaire from the mirror just, just from being present in the room um on this night yeah i'm gonna buy a pretty swank suit so i know that that backtracks on what i just said but i i don't know it's an yeah, interesting yeah, the, dynamic the to watch and i think it'll
1: become more of a circus going forward the uh defensive tackle here for uh alabama and i, I apologize because i can't think of his name Quentin williams they, they, yeah he i mean i know a little bit about his backstory just from watching some uh some uh alabama games this year and i mean he's up there Looking, you know, you looking, look sharp in a nice suit, and not all the, uh, not all the flair, if you will. Um, anyway, look, we we we've gone long on this. Um, let's uh, let's wrap this up, uh, folks. You're uh, you're listening to three season a pod. Uh, stay with us, and uh, we'll be right back.
2: Provision Advisors, we prepare your team for the what-ifs you never thought you'd encounter. Let us help solve your toughest communication challenges and leave your team stronger and more capable for the opportunities that lie ahead.
1: And we're back on three season a pod. Thanks for sticking with us, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for Deep Dive. We got a hot one for you tonight. Uh, there's a lot being made lately about the need for transparency within government organizations. Now, we've spent a combined 70 years in the Navy communicating to audiences both inside and out. So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on transparency, and how do you know if you've achieved it? Chris, we're going to start tonight's discussion with you.
0: One, I mean, I think the idea of transparency and talking about it and evaluating uh, organizations, um, you know, how transparent they are, I think is very important. But I I think it's only one-third of the lens in which you should as a communicator view yourself and view your organization uh, and encourage the audience to to view you um, it, it tends to be the most popular we, we were talking before we came on air there was uh, a bit of a hubbub over the the past weekend about a, uh, a junior officer from the army who is a army communicator um, who wrote uh his views on maybe why engaging uh, certain members of the media, uh, you know, it's okay not to engage them because of, of things that they've said and they've done. And, you know, we agreed that it's just sort of ridiculous, but out of that ridiculousness and out of that, catalyst uh came or that was the catalyst for talking about transparency so as i said i see transparency is one of three for me transparency means that your organization your communication team is forthcoming with information whether you're asked or not that as an organization when you think of transparency you're thinking about you hold yourself accountable you do that with the information you share you do that in your actions um, and, uh, you know, that is very important in terms of internal and external credibility. The second piece or the second lens for me is truthfulness, right? You can be transparent and not truthful. And what I mean by being truthful is, is that you share that information. You do it in a way that, um, uh, is without spin or without, uh, deceit. Uh, and so for me, uh, the base of this pyramid you know starts with transparency. then on top of that is the truthfulness of uh, of the organization or of the communicators for that organization. and then the third piece is uh, context. I'll, I'll give props to uh, Admiral John Kirby, who we we all worked for. Uh, Admiral, Admiral Kirby was huge about context that as communicators and as an organization, Um, you owe your audience, internal or external, you owe them the context. So it's not enough to just simply be transparent with information or to be truthful. But if that audience doesn't understand what you're communicating, if they don't have the additional information to be able to really get the story right in their own mind or in the products that that they produce out of the communication, then you really haven't done your job. So for me, it's not just about transparency. It's transparency with truthfulness and context stacked on top.
1: Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, I don't want to I don't want to trespass over any of that. John, is there anything else that you wanted to add?
3: Uh, I, I agree. I, I I think that every reporter who's ever worked with me uh, would say that for every query or every story we've worked, I've always used the words context and perspective, which probably would make Admiral Kirby smile. Um, but, but I would spend a great deal of time off the record with reporters trying to build that, that understanding and that context. And I really felt that going off the record a lot of times um to to the uneducated they might think that that's not necessarily uh the transparent thing to do but i actually think going off the record um shows that you're willing to be transparent um and that it informs what you then do on the record so i i I think that chris nails it that transparency is a very important thing i won't i won't give the chase spears uh writing or or paper any more any more legs other than to say that it was terribly disrespectful to um to the relationship that a lot of us have fostered with the media uh essentially all he did in a lot of words uh was just say that some media are fake news to to borrow a phrase from uh president trump and that really bothers me there's no one who's fake news Um, you you have a responsibility to communicate with maximum disclosure and minimum delay. So do it.
1: John, you you just said something right there at the very end there. And I know any professional communicators that are listening to this and maybe people who are are about to enter into the field. When we say minimum delay, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about transparency, Chris, you mentioned truthfulness and providing context. Well, the timeliness, the timeliness within which you do that, uh, you have to be very careful because that can, can go both ways and I don't I mean to to jump us into something um, you know where we have to spend a whole lot of time on this but as communicators you have to be very careful about what you deliver and when and just in hitting that sweet spot on the timeliness uh, of the particular issue agree disagree
0: I, I definitely agree and I think that again for me we're, when I think of tra- transparency truthfulness and context To me, timeliness is woven all the way through, right? So John talked about talking to reporters off the record. Uh, I've never met a reporter that um, was not willing to give an organization a fair amount of time to figure out what's going on, right? And so to me, an important part of that context piece uh, is to let them know what's occurring, you know? So you just use an example and and, an airplane goes down and you're trying to find out all of the details. And so you give, you know, if you're asked or you you offer that information, hey, here's what I know. I'm not ready for you to go with it. We're working this and, and, you know, I expect to be able to give you the information by X time. That's Mm -hmm. providing them context. Um, And, you know, the truthfulness is, is you're letting them know what's going on, but that you don't have all the answers And there. And the transparency part is, is that when you do have all that, you're going to come back to them and you're going to be forthcoming. That's another sort of part of where that timeliness comes in. You're going to be forthcoming with that story that they need. And more importantly, the internal and external audiences need as to what happened.
1: Well said. Well said. Uh, Great deep dive, gentlemen. Uh, Stay with us, friends. We're going to be back on three season of pod with On the Horizon. Stick around.
2: At Provision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. We work together with your team to achieve favorable outcomes amid contentious or controversial issues which directly impact relationships and market identity.
1: Welcome back to Three Season A Pod with Provision Advisors. Folks, let's look out on the horizon at what the next week may bring. Chris, you're up first.
2: Hey,
0: so I have two things. One, um, and John, what fill in here uh, if I mess anything up. First, uh, on Saturday, uh, Navy St. John's croquet, uh, is this weekend. Um, I think it's even a, a bigger grudge match uh, than the Army, uh, than some of the Army-Navy sports. This is an annual rite of spring uh, where they uh, they duke it out for the Annapolis Cup. And it brings together really two completely different, not just schools, but two completely different environments uh, if you've ever been there. Uh, St. Saint, Saint John's College, uh, the United States Naval Academy, neighbors from a geographic standpoint, but really couldn't be uh, any further apart when it comes to uh, education and style, both high quality institutions, but this is an opportunity for those two neighbors uh, to come together. Um, several thousand people meet in Annapolis on the front lawn of St. John's uh, for a pretty cool lawn party. Uh, so uh, I'm told it's sold out, but I, I've seen people be able to, to work their way in. So uh, check out the outrageous costumes, the old fashioned picnics, swing dance, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing. Uh, ch- check that out. John, did I miss anything?
3: No, it, it's it's everything that you described and more um, great bow ties, great seersucker suits, great costumes, outfits. But it, it really truly is about something that's the fabric of a town. and And it's not something that's important for the Naval Academy. It's not something important for St. John's. It's important for Annapolis in that it represents the, the duality or at least the diversity of of what I think is one of the best cities in the in the nation. and that you've got this really small uh, liberal arts left leaning uh, school in St. John's, just yeah, you know, playing a croquet match against uh, the brigade midshipmen of midshipmen, the forty four hundred uh, strong. A grouping of people that a lot of people would think is more right-leaning or militant, or um, you know, that they and their buzz cuts against us and our pot smoking. It's it's not that. It, it's it's just about people, residents of Annapolis, getting together and having fun on a gorgeous spring day. I I love it. I think it's great. And if I can possibly be there, I will.
0: R- Real quick uh, for those in the uh, DMB, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, I want to put a plug in for the Greater uh, D.C. Naval Academy Alumni Association. They are having an event. They're hosting uh, the Chief of Naval Operations, John Richardson, as part of their Distinguished Speaker Series. There are tickets uh, that are still available. Um, Check out the link in the podcast write-up if that's something that you'd be interested in. Um, Admiral Richardson at the end of his four-year tour. Um, So the perspective that you'll get will uh, will be quite interesting. Bash, back to you.
1: All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, John, what are you looking at uh, on the horizon this week?
3: Uh, well, on the well, number one, um, Kyler Murray was just selected number one overall in the best pink suit I've ever seen. Uh, but what I'm also looking at on the horizon on a more serious note is just announced tonight was the fact that that Coast Guard officer, and I'm not gonna use his name because I'm kind of disgusted and opinionated about it. Um, the Coast Guard officer who was previously arrested um, with uh making or you know because of making threats against supreme court uh officials against the press against members of congress uh who were a
1: stockpile of weapons i believe right
3: yeah a very dis just very uncomfortable amount of weaponry in his home and having made inquiries about where members of the press eat and where they live and where they can find them or where he could find them, uh, he uh, apparently, as per news reports tonight, is not going to get charged and is going to get released from custody. Um, that that bothers me, um, not because he targeted people on the left, and I'm and, and I'm a member of the left. This isn't about left or right. This is about a person who wears the uniform, who swore an oath to the Constitution, going out and threatening people, and no matter who it is, um, it's wrong. But this person is emblematic of of a greater sickness in this country um, that that I really was hoping would not permeate into uh, the military service. And um, the fact that that person is not getting charged, is going to be released, uh, really sickens me. And 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 it should make everyone take note that this is a different era in America and not to be thinking of the most negative person in the world it just makes me very very cautious and very unhappy about what possibly comes next and and how this emboldens people who also feel the same way that this person did um are they gonna feel like hey maybe the charges will be dropped against me so i can take these threats and these actions the next step it makes me upset, it makes me mad. Uh, if you wear the uniform, wear it right. Uh, this whole thing's pretty shitty, I don't like it.
1: Well taken, John, well taken, thank you. Uh, folks, before we wrap up, I'm just gonna offer, um, grab your kids, grab your friends, grab your, grab your mom, grab your grandma. Uh, Avengers Endgame uh, premieres, uh, premieres tomorrow. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been put on notice uh, that even some of my daughter's friends um, have uh, mysterious doctor's appointments. Uh, They're going to be taken out of, out of school uh, because this is uh, such a big deal. Uh, If you're into, uh, if you're into the Avengers series, apparently this one is going to make you uh, uh, change your religion here. Uh, So Avengers Endgame, uh, make some time to, uh, to go see it. Uh, No spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, But also (laughs) before we, before we close uh, last week, I made mention of Jeopardy James, hashtag Jeopardy James. Uh, The current Jeopardy contestant continues, continues to break records. Uh, as he um, marches uh, fairly quickly towards uh, the the reigning champion, Ken Jennings, all-time record of $2.5 million. Now, it took Ken Jennings uh, 74 games to get to that mark of $2.5 million uh, before stepping down. Uh, And here, uh, James Holzhauer is just in a 16-game period, has amassed over $1.2 million. Uh, So, gentlemen, he's going to be uh, should he keep winning and no one steps up there to beat him, uh, it looks like he'll be hitting that mark sometime next week. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned.
3: I I love it. I mean, Alex has got to be he's got to be on his tippy toes. He's he's very he's very excited to see what happens
1: next. It's uh, interesting to see as you look as I've paid attention to to some of these games here over the the 16 days. And it seems as if they've said something to the other two contestants. Early on, it looked like some of the contestants, fellow contestants were a bit annoyed uh, with what they were seeing uh, and, and showing it uh, on their faces. Uh, now it seems the Jeopardy producers have said something, because now you see the other two contestants clapping emphatically uh, as, he answers, <laughs> as he answers questions. Come on. Uh, Is that yeah, what
3: we're teaching now? Like, you uh, should be pissed off at losing. Come hey, on.
1: Hey, hey, listen, I, ha- I can't. I, I'm not in the production room, um, but it's noticeable uh, from a, from from a, a fan standpoint. standpoint. Listen, uh, thank you for joining us, folks. We really appreciate you tuning in to Three Season in a Pod. Uh, we always welcome your feedback, so please leave a comment below. And until next week, as we always say here, be good, be safe, and be better. Thank
2: you for listening to Three C's in a Pod. Have a great week.